I'm Sharky's Goon. This time, episode eight of The Mandalorian. The episode is called Redemption. IMDb says The Mandalorian comes face to face with an unexpected enemy. Goon, what'd you think of this one? Um, I think it was freaking awesome. I, I loved everything about it. Um, I love that there was a little comedy with the, the two stormtrooper scout bike troopers at the beginning with like, what is that? I don't know. And they start punching the bag. And every time I punch the bag, I wanted to punch them. Uh, <laughs> um, I like, I liked a whole bunch of different stuff. I love the exposition from, uh, Moff Gideon. Um, the other thing I, that popped into my head, why do the stormtroopers even work armor when the armor never works? Especially like with the Mandalor the Mandalorian uh, Mandalorian armor slash blacksmith able to take them out with just a couple of things and their armor just disintegrated. Um, the the stuff about Cara Dune where she's from with the Alderaan was great. The the actual backstory in here in the name of the Mandalorian was great. Finding out that grief just wasn't uh, basically. Uh, uh, bondsman his whole life and a bounty hunter, you know, dispatcher that he actually had a, some kind of like high ranking. It, it was all good. I love the cinematography. The IG 11, you know, was great in it. The whole going through like the river sticks with the lava flow. It, it just, I, I love the episode. Yeah, I agree. Everything was uh, great about it. So those stormtroopers played by Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally. We also learned that the stormtroopers are apparently issued pretty crappy guns. <laughs> yeah, everybody thinks it's the stormtroopers, but I guess it's big government cutting costs, just like in, uh, <laughs> just like we hear all the time, where you know some of our our uh, military aren't getting the uh, armor plating that they that they're supposed to be getting with their with their vehicles. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It, it sort of grounds the series. And and again, you know, I'm not sure I would want that in a movie, but in a weekly anthology series, just grounding things and having a little humor like that. I think it's a lot of fun when they do that sort of scene. Yeah, because it makes it feel real, you know, and I like that real like little aspect of it, just like how we've talked in the past that there should be like a, a light comedy version of like Star Trek with uh with stuff going on behind the scenes that you normally wouldn't see where it doesn't have to be so serious. Well, don't open the Star Trek can of worms. We'll do that in January. Picard is coming. We haven't talked about these horrible short tracks. We haven't talked about animated Trek. Don't start me. I know I'm not going to start you, but I love leaving, leaving little seeds for, for future episodes. <laughs> um, top of mind, I saw John Favreau tweet that the Mandalorian will return in fall 2020 not that we didn't know it was coming back for season two, but he put a timeline on it. So the fall. Yeah, because you have to figure they're in production now, I think, with a couple of the episodes. It's very CGI laden, even though there's a lot of practical effects, but you still got to do a lot of work on it. So I, I get why it's going to be the fall, but I can't wait. And especially, oh, this is popping me in my head right now. How funny was uh, the child when he was riding with the IG-11 and just loving being on that bike. Oh, great. Yeah. Everything about Baby Yoda is just fantastic. I, I mean, um, even punching Baby Yoda in a bag, I, I enjoyed those scenes. I, I do not advocate punching um, Baby Yodas or any babies or anyone. Uh, just let me be clear. But, you know, <laughs> sitting on a couch was funny. And then Baby Yoda just biting the, the scout trooper. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, I'd be worried about that, especially since he loves eating meat. 
So I was really very, very happy that Giancarlo Esposito stepped out of the wreckage at the end of the episode because in the short time we saw that character, what a great character. He looks great. They're doing visual echoes of Darth Vader there. Just everything's great. So I'm glad we'll have him as the big bad heading into season two. He has the friggin' Darksaber. That, yes. That, that's amazing that that ties into Clone Wars and Rebels and that part of the lore of Mandalore. With it, when he was the guy that basically, you know, wiped out the Mandalorians. And it looks good in, quote unquote, real life, right? You know, this isn't an, an animated series now. They did a really good job making that look believable. It looked very believable. I couldn't believe it. That like I'm like, as soon as I saw him cutting through, I'm like, laser torch. Does he have a lightsaber? And then I was like, wait a second. He's from, he was on Mandalore. He's got to have the darksaber. And then to see, it's like, all right, what happened to all the, all the Mandalorians that were guarding that? What happened to Sabine Wren? What happened to all this stuff? Now it just started going through my head like crazy. And it made me more and more rabid for season two. They've done a great job with a lot of the visual detail. One of the things that caught my eye this episode was we've seen, increasingly variable imperial troops we saw some different takes on stormtroopers and it always looks fresh but it always looks like it belongs to the empire talking about the stormtroopers did you see what uh feloni tweeted out and favreau about no. they didn't have enough stormtrooper costumes so they enlist the 501 legion to come in the 501st to come in as extras I knew that the 501st um, did appear in the final two episodes as Stormtroopers. I didn't know that that was the reason why. That was the reason. They didn't have enough costumes. They didn't have the budget for it, so they brought them in as as background. Which, if you're those guys, right, how great is that? Oh, it's great. You know, you, you know, you love uh, you love something that is your fandom, and you put your heart into it, and you're, you know, you do stuff for it. You know, you wish that other places would do be like that when you put your fandom into something. I mean, Star Wars has a long legacy now. Again, back to a Star Trek rant. Star Trek basically told all the fan films, cut it out. You can make one fan film and it has to be less than a half an hour and no sequels to it. And meanwhile, Lucasfilm has official fan film awards. They're like, go for it. Like, it's just crazy. It's ridiculous. And you figure like Disney would clamp down on that. But Disney's like, yeah, keep bringing more stuff. And if it comes out and we see it, you can't tell us that we uh, we can't use it. And we don't have to pay you for it. So if you have an idea we like, we can take it and you basically give it to us. Well, I I call it Jimmy Buffett theory. Jimmy has been streaming his concerts on the Internet for a zillion years. You can sit home every night when he's on tour and watch Jimmy Buffett's concert live on YouTube. And yet he's one of the top touring artists every year because he understands you stoke the fandom. You don't clamp down on it. Yeah, that's that's a problem with uh, a few things, but I love the fact that Disney went. You know what? You guys do so much for, to help us with our uh, our Star Wars brand, and you guys are diehard fans, and you go out and you you do charity work. You know, for budgetary reasons, you know, might be the reason why we need the the extra costumes. But you know what? We want you guys. We just don't want anybody else. You guys have like almost the most legit fan-made costumes come on in we'll use you guys and that's a great fan service right there so i want to go back to something we talked about last week i cannot still figure out if carl weathers speaks like this is a bad actor or it's a choice because at some scenes he dropped down into a normal voice and started talking like a normal person but for most of the episode he was larger than life 
I I think what we talked about was that it was uh, a cadence that kind of gives you uh, authority. And that's why he talked like that. And then all of a sudden he turns into regular Carl Weathers is like, hey, kid, do that uh, magic hand thing that you do. You know, so I can buy into that because that would be in line with Leia being British when she speaks to Imperials and then being Carrie Fisher from the streets when she speaks to Han. So, yeah, I'll go with that. Padme did the same thing. All right. There you go. I'm the, you earned your paycheck this week. Wait, I get paid? <laughs> uh, let's talk IG-11. Uh, we've thought he was dead before, but this time he seems like he might be dead for reals. I mean, the body could be dead for reals. We thought the uh, we thought in, in um, um, what was it? In Solo that the uh, the droid that Lando was with was going to be finished, and we found out now it's part of the Millennium Falcon. So who knows? Somebody might could walk by, pick up the CPU from uh, IG Eleven, install it in another IG droid. Next thing you know, he's back again. I'd like to see him back again. Maybe that could be like he could be the we killed Kenny of the Mandalorian that just he just keeps coming back. Oh my God! You killed IG Eleven, you bastards! Well, I've also been on a James Bond kick, and the amount of times Jaws should be dead and isn't, so maybe IG-11 is the Jaws of the Mandalorian. It very could be. We'll check out his teeth the next time. <laughs> um, any other thoughts about this episode? I also loved it. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I, I really liked um, what they did to finally reveal Mandalorian's face, where you know he's on the bridge, brink of death, and... He's like, I can't take off my helmet no matter what. Not another living creature could see it. And IG-11 is like, well, I'm not alive. So basically, the Mandalorian the whole time feels that droids are living creatures, you know, for back of a, lack of a better term. But IG-11 is not. Nah, we're, just, we're just programmed this way. So, you know, I can see your face. And then we finally got that, you know, basically the money shot of, uh, of the Mandalorian. So now everybody can stop obsessing over that. We also got his name, which I have forgotten, but okay. I think it's, what is it, Jaren Dejin or something like that? No, as we've talked about in previous episodes of Shark and Goon, there's so much Star Wars now, I haven't had time to learn it all. He's Mando. That's all we need to call him. Just like you call me Goon. You know, you've been calling me Goon for like 20-something years now. Yeah. So, you know, he's... Mando. We don't really need to know his name. And uh, Baby Yoda. We don't need to know Baby Yoda's name, a.k.a. the child. And they're now a clan. Basically father and son now. And I love that fact that he earned his sicklet. Oh, wait. We totally forgot. Um, the scenes with all the Mandalorians showing up, um, they kind of were sort of dancing with the devil, implying that uh, the one who saved the child that is now the Mandalorian that maybe perhaps that was Boba Fett. Yeah. We don't, we don't know exactly what it is, you know, and we still don't know if the, who would the, the legs were from, what was it? Episode five, chapter five. Yep. So now we don't know who that is. Cause it's definitely not Moff Gideon. So uh, now maybe people are going to go back to the whole Boba Fett theory. 
Yeah, I have to go back and watch. I've only seen this episode once. I have to watch it and pay a lot of attention to that scene. Now, the problem that my small brain has is every character in that scene, and I think this is deliberate, every character in that scene looks like if I had just drawn Boba Fett from memory and I was like, oh, yeah, he kind of looks like this. And doesn't he have like a thing on his helmet? Is it on the left, on the right? I don't remember. And he has a jetpack, right? You know what I mean? Like they all sort of look like Boba Fett. I'm sure if I whipped out a picture, I I could do a side by side. But to the mind's eye, they all look like Boba Fett. Yeah, I started to think, you know, they could have possibly been the Death Clan, too, from Mandalore. You know, that was in Rebels and the Clone War. So it if you go with internet fan theory it could be boba fett if you go with what could be the other side i think it could have been the death clan or the death squad from uh mandalore yeah all right um any other thoughts you want to go to numbers i'm just trying to think of everything else i liked i mean i just i love that there was a perfect blend of comedy exposition everything looked great with the way it was shot um ig11 giving himself up to to save everybody so in my head, is he really a living being? You know, does that transcend somehow with programming? Does it become artificial intelligence that actually thinks and wants to sacrifice for people? Um, uh, the fact that that um, the Mando started off as a loner and now he has a, a family with with a child and an extended family with grief and uh, Cara Dune. Um, I just. I, I don't know if I've missed anything, but I just loved everything about it. So if you want to do your number first, go ahead. Yeah, I think when we uh, are done here today, I'm going to go back and watch probably the last four episodes just to catch up. I'll start with the one before the Bill Burr. All right, so on a scale for 1 to 10, because I don't want to be the Mando shill for the entire offseason, I'm going to give this episode a 1. It was just terrible. I hated it. Uh, I'm going to give it a 10. I'm back to being the Mando shill, I guess. Ah, nice. <laughs> um, I could see why somebody would give this episode a 10, but not me. I'm giving it a 1. And I'm sorry. I mean, like, this is just as good as the first episode. I think if there was higher higher numbers, I, I'd probably go higher. But I'm capped out at 10. I'm going 10. Yeah, what a great season one. This was everything Star Wars fans could have asked for. You know, in an era where the internet hates on everything... Nobody hates on this. That is strong, strong praise as we head into 2020. All right. Here's my question for you. Which was better, the whole season of Mandalorian or the Rise of Skywalker? Wow. Wow. Do I have to answer that today or can that be its own episode? I think that could be another episode. See, I keep planting seeds. I will add that to the very, very long list of long episodes. So Shark and Goon is by no means finished. Believe me, I've got a notepad with 500 things I'm going to make this guy talk about. And there will be more Star Wars, not only the two upcoming series, uh, Kenobi and the Cash and Andor series that have been announced, but, uh, you know, we've got nine movies we can talk about and Clone Wars and stuff, and we'll do Picard in January, and I've got my James Bond list, so we're not going anywhere. No, we're here. 